Welcome back, everyone, to another incredible episode of Chat with Dan here. Fortunately, we have on the show, I mean, what can I say? The incredible, the amazing, she's back. I mean, the awesome, the legendary, the super, the, I mean, I just can't, I, I mean, I will just go all night here. But uh, Jamie, how are you today? Hey, I'm great. I'm a brunette now. I'm no longer blonde like I was last time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Same me, though. Yeah. I mean, both ways you look amazing, let's be honest. Dan, you hyped me up too much. You're too kind. You're too kind. But keep blowing smoke up my ass. I'll take it any day. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Um, now, I do want to thank those who are tuning in. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you're listening to this on you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or if you're looking on YouTube, thank you so much. Now, in the description below, uh, you're going to find all of Jamie's social media. As I said on the, on the first video I had with her, let's make her viral. Hashtag Team Jamie. And if you want to find out why she's a total badass, go check that video and then come back here. And without further ado, Let's jump in. So for this, it's total different, you know, total different um, uh, episode here, right? I mean, on the first one, we know we, we discover how bad as you are. That's that's clear now. But for this one, we're gonna be basically chatting about, you know, how the whole entertainment acting industry will be in the next ten um, years, right? Now that being said, I will be starting with the first question, which is with the rise of streaming platforms and on-demand content, how do you foresee? The traditional cinema over the next 10 years mm -hmm. well as far as i can see and how everything's been movie attendance has had a significant decline over the last 10 years since 2013 when netflix dropped house of cards and it was the it was the first streaming television show that had no commercials and the whole season came out all at once and really ever since then We've seen all these other streaming platforms pop up and now they're creating their own content as well. And you have, you know, um, you have Netflix going about with, uh, you know, Warner Brothers for stuff. And it's, it's just an interesting, there's a lot more competition, so much content that's coming out. I think, you know, I have a feeling that it's it could keep going down for a little while. We're going to see like emptier movie theaters, I think. However, trends fade in and out. And I almost think of the record player and people getting vinyls again. And mm -hmm. people thought that was sort of dead. But I think maybe give it another 10 years and you're going to have people wanting to go see movies on the big screen. You know, people or movies on that level that are, you know, have $200 million budgets were meant to be seen on a 40 foot screen, not just on your 15 inch laptop. So I hope that people will start going to the movie theaters, whether it's with their families, a date, whatever, just make it more of a social um, experience like it used to be. Cause I grew up going to the movies every Friday with my mom, you know, we'd see what, mm -hmm. whatever was coming out and it was yep. just part of our routine. Um, so hopefully we can get people back in the theaters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the whole experience to it, right? The whole experience when you go to see a film. I mean, I remember, I remember when I saw Oppenheimer on IMAX. It was the yeah. most mind blowing experience ever. I was like, this is cool. That if I watch it on my home, you know, streaming, yeah, it would be cool, but it would, but it wouldn't be the same. So I'm pretty sure that at least for the experience, people will be still going to the cinemas, right? So, yeah, we can only hope. We can only hope. Yeah. I love seeing movies on the big screen. I love walking in and smelling popcorn and getting yeah. a soda yeah it's, it's the, the best. best it's the best thing I go, my, my mom also, also always says i go to the um 
I go, I go to the, she goes to the movies for the popcorn, you know? Yeah. Like sugar, lots yeah. of salt. For example, <laughs> if I go to the cinema, I have to have my pop, my popcorn. Yes or yes. Yeah. You know, if exactly. I don't have it, <laughs> the film tastes different. I, I mean, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, mm, there's something missing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, how do you think advancements in technology, you know, like deep fake AI and virtual reality will influence the acting profession? I think AI is here and I think it's here to stay and we are going to have to learn to live with it as a society. I feel like I have to be almost careful with my words talking about this stuff, especially as an actor. And um, we just had this whole, you know, back mm -hmm. and forth and we had the WGA and SAG strike back to back. Um, and AI was a huge topic for both of those negotiations. We just got the contract for the SAG one and it's already starting to get a little bit of criticism, at least from the actors that I know. So it's very, it's really interesting. Um, I think as a society, as a collective, not just as yeah, yeah. actors mm -hmm. or artists, we have to really be cautious with AI, specifically when it comes to politics, because I mean, they're making deep fakes and stuff of Barack Obama giving mm -hmm. speeches. And you put that in the wrong hands. You have one country... Um, wanting to go to war and just looking for an excuse and they could use the president and having them say, I hate this country. And then, Hey, mm -hmm. we're going to war. So I think just as that, we have to be really, really careful. Um, as far as it will influence the acting profession, you know, we've already seen AI with Paul Walker in fast and furious and mm -hmm. um, Carrie Fisher in star Wars. These are actors, both of them passed away while they were filming the project. I feel with those and I think maybe there isn't um if productions want to include that in the contract when the performer initially signs on to the project if for whatever you know act of god reason that I die on production I have a heart attack or I get hit by a train or whatever like if I pass away during production and the production wants to obviously keep you know they've they're halfway through and they need to keep making the movie sure if i agree to it if i've consented to yes if i die use my image create my character but i don't want my image voice face used on a project that i didn't consent to yeah. um ever you know if i do pass away and then 10 years down the line a production wants to use my image in a movie that I'm playing some horrible character. Like, I don't, I don't want that, <laughs> you know? I, and I didn't consent to it either. So there's, there's a gray area with all of it, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I do, th I do think that, that, you know, with the whole using deep fake for, poli for, for politics, I mean, right now they're using it ma mainly for memes. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. you know, who Hopefully can tell? Hopefully, keep good intentions. Yeah, but who can tell? <laughs> I'm, that... I'm fine with it being made, used without malice. Exactly, you know? that's the thing that worries yeah. me too. That that at some point someone gets the idea to make a, I don't know, like a a, a political speech with a deep fake AI using the voice or any politician at the moment, you know, who is who is in office, 
and can mm-hmm. cause really you know we we have seen that sometimes people believe more what they see on their phones than what they actually is happening and uh, happening out there so i do think Literally. that that is yeah that is something dangerous that people should be considering that if you hear a news double check you know make sure that it's true check with different sources you know do a little bit digging here here and there and then yeah problem solved instead of because you saw it on tiktok or on youtube or something like that be like no it, it's happening already no <laughs> just yeah. you know searching yeah. that you know and and yeah with the whole actors i you know i i do think that yeah i do think that at some point people are gonna are gonna be preferring the human touch so uh, i don't think that will ever go away yeah here's why because if you find i mean let, let's say right that one day we have this incredible story uh, written by an ai and it's an incredible one and sure it and it it gets to be a, an incredible film but you know i do think that the beauty of it is when you can relate somehow to the story you know when you when you when you find out who wrote the story and be like oh i can totally relate to that it's a human so i can you know find similarities here and there with an ai you can't and that is something that we humans we want right to find like that kind of a sentiment right that that kind of a feeling you know that that connection that no AI will be will be ever be able to 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 replicate that. So I'm sure that yes, perhaps at some point we have like this peak of films projects made by an AI. But I'm super sure that then it's gonna go fall again because the people will be like, yeah, it's cool, it it is super great. But I want the human side, you know. I want those mistakes that sometimes happen that they're fun. That you know, that's what make it cool. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and I, and and to just to tack onto that as well, um, I think AI could end up being its own genre. Mm-hmm. It could it could end up being its own genre. I say that you know could, if it gets to that that point too. Yeah. I I do. My heart goes out to writers at the moment because I think it's a little bit easier for AI to take their jobs um, <laughs> per se than Mm -hmm. an actor at this point because it is still very yeah they were able to make Carrie Fisher and Paul Walker in those films but it costs a lot of money it costs a lot of money to be able to do that and like maybe yes it it will get cheaper over time but um again I still you know you can still tell it's not perfect totally and even even if it's really really good even if some of the CGI is really 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 good as an example, you can still sometimes tell and um, it can take you out of it. You know, yeah. it can really, really take you out of it. Yeah. It's not the same as I mentioned. I mean, no matter how perfect and amazing it looks, you can yeah. totally tell that I, mm, there's something missing there. Right. So, yeah. Now with many actors transitioning to roles behind the camera, such as directors, producers, do you see this trend intensifying in the near future? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think gone are the days of just an actor only being an actor or only being a director. I think all art is getting, is all um, filmmaking is a creative and collaborative process. I myself have um, dabbled now in the production realm. It's really, really fun. You know, I like solving problems from point A to point B. It's really, really fun. And I have really, really creative friends that are great with the writing and directing, but I would rather produce it and go from like point A to point B. Um, so I think it's great that, I think it's great that we're moving away from 
only can be an actor. You can only be a director. You can only be a producer. Cross it over. Why mm-hmm. not? It's only going to make you better. And you'll understand those elements of part of the production too. Um, I mean, Tom, we, Tom Cruise always coming up in our chat stand. I know. I know. <laughs> he's been producing his movies for years because he's so crazy and no one wants to pay for him. <laughs> right. And now we have like, we have Margot Robbie is producing and um, Reese, we- uh, Reese Witherspoon is producing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if a, if a story is good, tell it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Do you anticipate a shift in the type of stories or narratives that will be popular or prioritized in the next decade? Oh, yeah, of course. The world is constantly, constantly changing. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we're, I mean, selfishly, I kind of hope we're nearing the end of the whole superhero movie era. Because it's been 15 years and I'm a little tired and I want to see something different. Totally, yeah. I mean, I mean, right before that, it was like the occult movies. You know, we had vampires and werewolves and that was the trend. And then superhero movies just completely took over the the zeitgeist. <laughs> um, I don't know what, I don't know what the next trend would be, but I also hope we move away from reboots and remakes. Yes. Oh, thank God. Yes. I am so done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're mm-hmm. all just yeah. over it. Yeah, I can't um, stand them anymore. Mm-mm. I'm saying it right now. I am very actively, vehemently opposed to the Harry Potter reboot. And I work at Universal Studios um, in the Harry Potter world as a as a wand keeper. And I am vehemently opposed to the new Harry Potter reboot, 10 seasons of the exact same books that we just, just had. So I'm hoping, praying that the types of stories and narratives that we do end up seeing in the next decade will be original stories and that production companies will be willing to front the money and get back to like the $10 million movie. And that's like new and fresh. You can make a great movie for $10 million. Mm -hmm. You don't need a $200 million budget to make a good movie. And in fact, some of those movies with insane budgets like that, the stories suck now. They're the same thing over and over again. Like get some fresh ideas and get some new writers, some new creatives. And it's, I'm just, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for, executives to start making risks rather than just hoping to get an easy return on their investment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't agree more you know with the superhero stuff i mean they should have for example they release avengers endgame amazing cool be like you know what guys we'll see you in a couple of years that was it enjoy it problem solved and then people will be excited at some will be like hey we're like we're, we're like where are the superhero films now we want some back but you yeah. know with with the problem yeah i do i do agree that they I mean, they, they release Endgame and then out of nowhere, we were having like, what, like 10, 15 films per year, you know, boom, 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 constant. And yeah, yeah. It, it gets to a point in which, awesome. I was, in which I was seeing that even people are tired, you know, they're like, yeah. okay, because it's like, you know, we want something new. And, you know, with yeah. the whole remakes, yes, I do hope that they can do something else. I mean, or for example, if, or for example, if you want to use the franchise, fine, use it. 
but on mm-hmm. the universe to it. You know what I mean? You can expand the universe and create a, a different story in the same universe as we saw. Yeah. And we will be like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, for example, if they will release something in the Harry in the Harry Potter world, something that mm-hmm. every now and then you will see a cameo and be like, oh, that's awesome, you know? But yeah. to be like, no, we're going to do a total remake on that and then a remake on this and then a remake on that. It's like, for example, do you remember back then, like back in the day when, the, when, we, were, when we were in the prequel trend that every, that oh, suddenly... Yeah. There were prequels everywhere. Some of them were yeah. good. Some of them were, were horrible. And now we're in the remake trend, which I do hope that it, it's over and we can get the opportunity to something fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like we were, I was even talking about this with my my best friend who's here with me in Brazil. Because I'm in Brazil filming a movie I'm very excited about. Um, That's badass. We were just talking about this today too. You know, like if, if you're going to do Harry Potter, do, yeah, maybe, maybe a prequel, but like, expand the universe you know don't don't do the same thing yeah it's like for yeah it's it's like for example what they did uh with star wars and they released the mandalorian people loved it because it was a total different new story in the same universe yes but has nothing to do with any of of the characters you saw before and right. it was something fresh. Yes, you will see like a cameo here and there and it was cool. But I think that mm-hmm. like the, the success to it was that it was something fresh that people were not expecting. So that was I think that was kind of the kind of the of the cue for every, for everyone to be like, this is how you should put you're supposed to do stuff now. Bring something new. You want to use the like the the same universe. Sure, use it. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, it. If it is a universe, you can expand it, you know, super, super big. So, uh, so yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. There you go. Now, how do you think the role of, of uh, film festivals will evolve, giving the increasing accessibility of digital platforms for showcasing new talent? Hmm. I'm not, I'm not really sure. What do you think? Well, I do think that they are gonna keep doing them. I mean, that's yeah, that's obvious. And I think, yeah. and I think it would be cool if they get the chance for more people outside. They can get the chance to it. For example, me on this platform. I mean, if they release somehow, I mean, even if you have to pay a little bit, I, that would be fine. But if you get the chance to be like on a film festival, you know, so you can discover new stuff here and there. I mean, I would appreciate that, you know, because of the whole chat with them stuff. And I think people in general would appreciate that too. The fact that you could, like, no matter where you are in the world, you you can get the chance to be in a film festival, discover new talent, you know, discover new films, indie stuff that sometimes we just don't know about them. And when you discover them, they tend to yeah. be pretty cool, to be honest. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always loved, um, it was only recently that I started endeavoring into the film festival world and i'm still i'm still learning so much about it but it's so nice that um you know this is a way for unknown unknown filmmakers to get their work out and and even get it to a point where it's like a bidding war um it is still one of those things where it does take time to for people to get to know you and trust you. And sometimes you do have to attach a big name to a project to get any sort of attention on it, but it would be so great that if a good project gets in there and even if no one knows any of the actors in it, you know, it still could have a chance um, to have a theatrical release at some point. So yeah, I mean, I love film festivals. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. 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 And um, with the mental yeah. health becoming like a prominent discussion, do you see the industry adopting practices or policies even to support actors and crews into the whole well-being more effectively? I mean, I would love to start seeing that on bigger productions that definitely can afford it. Providing an on-set counselor or a therapist or whatever would be an amazing tool for actors or crew um, to deal with the heavy subject matter, if it's especially if it's a really, really heavy film or TV show. And just have someone there to um, feel safe to talk about the the content about what's going on, you know, even if something's wrong within the you know more than just an HR, you know, if oh I haven't complained, you know, someone's making me feel uncomfortable on set or whatever that they can talk through it with a counselor or something or whatever the situation is. But um, yeah, I would love to I would love to start seeing that, especially on productions. That can't afford it. That being said, if it's smaller indie production, maybe, maybe not, but yeah. it would be great to see it on bigger shows. Yeah. I do think that the whole yeah, yeah I do think that but the the pandemic was like the breaking point of showing that there's actually a mental health problem around that perhaps yeah. nobody wanted to kind of put it into the table for discussion, but due to due to the whole thing that happened that was forced to, you know, show people that it is something that has been over years. I mean, it's not something that became trend. No, it's something that has been for years and years. And I do think it's good that now that type of things are now in the conversation and they're now putting attention into the whole mindset. I mean, the other day I was having this conversation with, with my, um, with my family, I was telling them that I don't, I don't want a job that, for example, let's say they pay me a crazy amount of money but if I feel miserable, I don't want it because I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's like no money will buy, will, will buy me something to be like, oh, okay, you know, it's okay. I can, I can suffer from Monday to Friday and live for the weekend. No, that's, that's, that's horrible. So yeah, it's good now that at least they're like paying more attention to it, which of course there is a lot of things that needs to be discussed, but at least we're, we are like in a starting point maybe. So yeah definitely we're yeah. definitely at a starting point and it's so important maybe it's just our generational thing yeah. that we are very encouraging of especially people in our age and our age group to pursue the things you love because at the end of the day the most valuable currency and asset that you have is time it's something we all have, but it's a finite amount and we don't know how much we have of it. And so where do you end up spending it? Do you spend it at a job nine to five Monday through Friday that you absolutely hate and you want to, you know, wring your neck or maybe you, maybe that does satisfy you and you do want to live for the weekend. Like what, what situation will fill your cup the most? Mm. And if it's more freelance and gig work, do it, do it. You know, I know we all have to pay bills and stuff, but I, I'm with you where I, I wouldn't, I would rather spend my time pursuing something living paycheck to paycheck, but I love it versus mm -hmm. having all the money in the world and being totally miserable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. Because I mean, your passion yeah. really will be your paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and, 
I mean, and your, I mean, you need to be, yeah, you need to be put you first. You know what I mean? Like no mm -hmm. job, no nothing. I mean, first you, it's always you. Make sure that you feel good. And if something, and you know, if you're in a job or yeah, if you're in a job that you hate, you know, just quit, find something. That's like the whole beauty of it. That once you realize there are millions of jobs out there, you know, millions. you can you can get the chance to you can get the chance to uh to, to try something new you know i have a friend of mine that he worked in the whole corpo stop all his life and then mm -hmm. he had he almost had a heart attack uh due to due to stress and he ended up quitting to it he quit his job he quit everything and uh he sold everything and he moved near yeah he moved near a beach And he has his own small business that he rents scuba gear, you know, for scuba diving, things yeah. like that. And if you see him, he's like the happiest guy alive. Yeah, he doesn't live in this huge mansion, but he's like, dude, I'm just happy with what I do. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have. Yeah, of course, I have uh, a small amount of stress here and there, but it's not the same. You know, it's incredible to just wake up and be like, I'm just gonna do what I love the most, and here I am. So yeah. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. That's wonderful to hear. And I agree. I mean, I, I, I was reading this great book called the four hour work week, which, which is very similar to that too. figuring out what do I really want to do? How much do I actually have to work in order yeah. to pay for what I want to do and get to do those things that I want to do? Because people wait until they're 60 and retired and then their body can't even take going on a scuba diving trip or going skiing or whatever is that they really wanted to do when they were young that they felt like they couldn't because they had to wait until yeah. they retired you don't have to wait you don't have to wait <laughs> yeah yeah well, but it also depends on what you want you know do you really want the house do you really want a giant house and then maybe you do have to save um but it's about doing what makes you happy yeah i mean at the end that's the whole beauty about life there is room for everything and everyone right so yeah Pursue what makes you happy. That's it. I love it. Now, how do you feel about the rise of short form content? You know, like what like what we see on TikTok or YouTube, Instagram too sometimes. Do you think that this will influence the type of content produced or the length for films and TV shows? Well, I have been watching YouTube since 2005. <laughs> like, I've always loved it. I love YouTube. I think it's one of the best... Um, online platforms that we've ever, that's ever been created. I was, I've always been an avid YouTube um, viewer because I love the like user generated content part of YouTube. I was on TikTok for about two years and I had to delete it because it was just far too addicting. <laughs> um, and I, that doesn't mean I didn't love the content. Like I love the content. It, it, it was too perfectly curated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was too um, much. I get it. I get it. It was too Yeah, much. no. And I mean, like, not to, and again, there's nothing wrong with like, I, I love, I learned recipes. Like I learned a lot of really cool stuff through TikTok. The content is really, really good. And it is user generated, which is awesome. Um, I think, and as much as I, you know, and I do love them, I think that they will stay their own platforms you know, one is horizontal, one is vertical, but they'll, they'll stay their own platforms because anything that's sort of a series that would resemble anything close to a TV show is, is still going to be considered a web series on any one of those platforms. I can't see myself personally watching a 45 minute episode vertically on my phone. 
that's my cat (laughs) but it just I just I just really couldn't see myself doing that um I also don't know if it would ever get to that point where they're they're funded like a Hulu like a show on Hulu Mm -hmm. or Netflix or whatever so money definitely comes into play about that um but I mean that being said like I I watch more cooking shows on YouTube than I do the Food Network and that's like you know, produced on for cable. Um, I do love the independence part of the independent production quality of YouTube and, and TikTok. Um, and there definitely are less regulations on those platforms yeah. than you even see on like TV shows. Like there's certain words you just can't say on TV that you could on both of those apps. Um, so I think they'll stay the same. I think the or I think I think it'll kind of remain their own platforms. Um, I'm sure YouTube and TikTok are gonna eventually have their own competitors at some point. Absolutely. Um, but you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as global politics and social issues become, you know, more intertwined with the whole um entertainment industry, do you see actors taking on more activist roles in the future? Yes, I think actors, whether we want to admit it or not, are always political mm-hmm. because we are artists. Um, we make statements with our art, whether we want to or intend to, because art is subjective. Actors have been taking on activist roles for the last couple decades. You know, I can think of Pamela Anderson being vegan and you know the campaign she did where she had all the parts of her body highlighted like you would see on a pig chart um because really if you get to a point where you have millions of followers and eyeballs on you you have followers and you have an audience watching you that's power that's influence and sometimes it's even more powerful than, say, an actual politician. Mm-hmm. So with an audience, I think, yeah, actors and um, actors will definitely could, if they wanted to, take on activism roles. Because um, it's all the same. If you create an audience, you know, people watch and you can can voice those opinions, get get people to look and look at certain issues that they wouldn't normally look at. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. What do you I'll, think? I'll I see that happening, but also at the same I mean, at the same time, I see people. I see yeah, like actors, influencers, being a little like a little bit more careful due to the whole cancel cancel culture. Mm, yes. You know, like being like yeah. I mean, I do see some of them that that uh, that that will go that route, but I also yeah. see some of them be like, you know what, no. That's not, yeah. you know, to be like that's that's something different. That's I mean, uh, for example, art. I mean, um, acting is my art, and I will just leave it like that. Outside to that, to in order to avoid something that could go misinterpreted, you know, like something like that, it could get me into you know the whole cancel canceling stuff. So I will yeah. see that. I see that. I, I see like both happening here and there. So yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the cancel culture thing too because feel like maybe we've gotten a little uh 
lot of hand with who we're canceling these days and over what we're canceling them over. I mean, there are some people that do some really awful stuff, but I think we've also now overused it to a point where like being canceled doesn't really mean anything anymore Mm -hmm. because even if someone doesn't like what someone's doing and they voice it and get some people to rally and be like, well, I don't like what they're doing either. And I agree. And like, let's cancel them. There's probably still going to be people that watch it, that watch what they do that you can't control. It's, it's interesting though. It's interesting though. It's a really weird situation, but I do get what you're saying because sometimes even I find myself just not wanting to take a stand on politics or certain activism things that I'm not informed on. Mm -hmm. And it's weird to be like, oh yeah, so something's going on and Zendaya, we need you to comment on what's going on and you need to have an opinion about what's going on when she didn't want to voice an opinion or is educated enough to voice an opinion about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. I feel like we all just, everyone has so many opinions these days and now we all have a platform to <laughs> to put it out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's- it's that, like Maybe we can just like not have an opinion on every single topic, guys. Mm-hmm, maybe we mm-hmm. don't need to. Sometimes yeah. you just don't need to have an opinion on something. You can just let it be. <laughs> yeah and move on and move yeah. on with your life yeah exactly i mean you don't have to be an expert on everything no you know? and you shouldn't be you're a human being yeah yeah you yeah, have to totally. keep some tabs closed in your brain so you can the tabs that you do keep open are actual things that you do care about yeah yeah that's true i mean if you're gonna say something on something think twice no, what you're talking about yeah you know, that's what I that's what I do now. If I want to say something or comment on something, I'll be like, do I really want to? Or as you mentioned, do am I really educated enough so I can say something that actually makes sense and not to sound, you know, ridiculous, mm-hmm. something like that. So um yeah. 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 But you do have a good point. You do have a good point about people wanting to keep their cards close to their chest out of fear of being canceled yeah yeah which is interesting because the other the the other day i was seeing that there are some influencers that they have made their career due to the whole cancel culture yeah so which is kind of interesting you know so i'm like any publicity is good publicity right there you go there you go now how do you think the role of importance of critics and film will change in the digital area in which basically everyone can now be a reviewer. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't... I've never really cared for the term critic, film critic. Yeah. You know, I think people who are critics of whatever just... Uh, again are people with too many opinions that sometimes you don't need to share them it's Mm -hmm. just weird like what a weird job to have 
to say, I'm a film critic. Like I'm the expert of film. Guess what? It's an art form. It's subjective. Yeah, you can say, sure, like the quality of the filmmaking might not be good. But again, like what you don't like or do like, someone else might like. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I, again, back to what we were saying about everybody having, having an opinion and having a platform to share their opinion. We might get, to, we might get to a point where we're only listening, listening to the collective or peers that are in our circle. Also, algorithms on some of these social media platforms are insane because yeah. they will literally feed you only what you like mm-hmm. and you're only gonna see things that affirm what you believe in mm-hmm. that's it you're not gonna see any contradicting things anymore so yeah we might see the public taking the reins and sharing all their opinions and reviewing barbie let's say barbie um but at the end of the day like people like what they like and are gonna see it or not i don't think a critic's uh review of barbie is gonna stop people from going to seeing it or or encourage them to see it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's always gonna be word of mouth you know getting back to the movie and being like oh you should go see i don't even know uh you should go see the new Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the new Hunger Games movie or whatever. And then you'll be encouraged to see it. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never sought uh, advice from a film critic about anything. Yeah, no, me neither. No, I, I, I don't tend to listen to those critics. And in general, <laughs> critics, I don't tend to because, you know, everyone, you know, everyone has an agenda to it. Always. You know? Most of the time, film critics are being paid to say what they say mm-hmm, to promote mm-hmm. a movie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what I usually what I do instead is I watch a film, and then I will watch uh, I don't know like for example there are some videos on YouTube in which they will go like a deep analysis on the film on something yeah. that 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 you might didn't understand and be like oh, okay I get that that's you know that's cool, but you know like to be like to see a reviewer and be like no don't watch this film because it's crap I'd be like okay but you know when I see that I tend to even I tend to even want to see it more be like. I yeah. want to see what the fuck is about now, you know. I want to, you know, I want to find out if it is actually like that or not. And yeah, I yeah. mean, artists, you know, everyone has a, a a different. I think that that's also kind of the cool thing about it, right? That everyone can get like their own meaning to it. You know, perhaps for someone was, yeah, I don't know, like film was a very meaningful and deep one, and perhaps mm-hmm. for other was uh, just a meh, you know. Yeah, I think that's a cool thing about it that everyone that it's free. You know, there is there is no rule that you need to love this yes or yes, right? So I think that's a cool thing. Exactly. Like, I'm even thinking back to even, um, you know, Oscar nominated movies in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. It They all seem to have like the same exact feeling of beautifully well done quality movies that are boring as fuck because <laughs> they're so well done and so beautiful. But where is the entertainment value mm-hmm. um objectively perfectly acted perfectly designed perfectly gorgeously artistically done but can be boring and the last time i checked movies are a form of entertainment too mm-hmm. sure we I, I love i love a 
And I do have a lot of respect for those movies, of course. But I still want to be entertained. Totally. I still want to be entertained at the end of the day. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe we'll go back to, uh, hopefully, hopefully we go back to, uh, or can get back to sort of fun and original movies and, you know, feels like we haven't had like a blockbuster, you know? Yeah. We haven't been going to the movies. Yeah, back to true. your first question, you know, we got to get back to the movies. You yeah, know, that's give, true. Me, give me some good popcorn movies. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because usually on the Oscars, it's when I when I see films that I have never seen. I'll be like, wait, what? You know, I mean, there's some films that I did saw, which is cool, but sometimes it will be putting these films and I'm like, where did that even came from? Or like, what do you mean that this, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah, I do understand that sometimes, yeah, that they, I mean, it's the way they put films to that show, you know, I don't know, like their format on how to, but there are so many cool stuff out there, you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. uh, and as you mentioned, it, it's all about being entertained. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think yeah. that we sometimes forget that thing, you know, that it's just entertainment, enjoy, have fun. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why we go to the movies. The last, the, the two that I can think about off the top of my head were, um, Parasite and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. Two incredibly brilliant, well done, meaty, artistic, and entertaining movies. And that's why they deserve the Oscars. Totally. That they were they were incredible movies. Incredible movies. And I hope I hope more stuff like that will get made and funded and that'll be just exciting. Yeah. You're gonna agree more. I'm no. really excited for for what's to come, you know. I don't want to be I'm I I'm optimistic always about what's to come in the future and Yeah. With the strike ending, I was I'm watching it's so funny though cuz I I'm watching True Blood right now. Rewatching True Blood. Okay. Which was an HBO show that came out in 2008. It's all about vampires and occults and it's really fun, really campy, amazing acting, amazing writing. I know why it was a hit for six seasons. Um, and it came after the writer's strike, uh, the writer's and actor's strike of, of 2007. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that come this next cycle that we are entering um, as an industry, uh, we'll start focusing more on quality rather than quantity. That's my hope. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do hope that. I mean, I'm also, yeah, I'm also a, a little bit optimistic to it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm a little bit worried. I'm not gonna lie. Talk so, to me about that. You know about the whole. You know, like as 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 we were talking before, like the whole remake stuff and everything. I'm just, I'm so done with it. You know. And I just don't, I just, I'm hoping that they just stop doing remakes on stuff that I did watch back then. I mean, I understand somehow that, yeah, it's a business and they want to make a profit to it and they want to try to jump the new generations to it. That's okay. But, you know, you can show the, you can show the old stuff. Like, for example, Back to the Future, right? It's a film Mm -hmm. from the 80s. It's an incredible film. It's basically, yeah, a cult right now. I mean, you need to, I mean, you need to watch it, yes or yes. And they haven't made a remake. Why? Because it's an incredible film. There's no reason to make a remake. People love it. And even though that it's old, and yeah, perhaps it has, it doesn't have like the like the most badass uh, sci-fi or 
you know, uh, CGI stuff, sure. But it's a cool film. And I do think that those type of uh, films, they show you that you don't have to make a remake to it, you know, just leave the original one so people can enjoy. And that's it. So that is one thing that um, that I do hope that they uh, at least stop to it. And the second mm-hmm. thing that I'm kind of a little bit pissed to it is when they release a film and they put like and they put politics to it. You know, that they put like a like a like a poly like a a a politic agenda to it. I'm like, why? You know? Yeah. That's 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 like one of the things that I that I just that I just hope that at some point that stop. And we focus instead on entertainment, you know, on a really good story instead of Mm -hmm. delivering us, yeah, instead of uh delivering us uh a good story somehow, yes, but you can totally see the agenda behind to it. I'm like, come on, again. You know what I mean? So that is what I, I'm like. I'm optimistic that people will be like, yes, let's do something totally new now and focus on on a, on, a, on new stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but what if they don't? So, you know? Yeah. All, all valid concerns. Death to the reboots. Death to the remakes. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, when they release. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. That'll be the title for the episode. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you that one. <laughs> Death to the reboot. Death to the reboots and remakes? Death to the reboots and remakes. All right. I like it. That's a cool title. I mean, yeah, I hope no one's offended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I don't think so. I, mean, I, 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 um, I saw the Mean Girls, the new Mean Girls trailer. For Wait, the they're gonna release a new Mean Girls. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a musical. Oh, okay. In, it's gonna be based on the Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because it's like Tina Fey is also in it, and she was in the original. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I love her, but fine. Okay, and I love Renee Rapp, who's playing Regina George. Mm-hmm. She's very very talented. But it's weird to me that in the new trailer, at least the trailer that I saw, they didn't market it as a musical, but it is the musical. And I don't know if that's because they're trying to draw the audience before they're like, hey, it's a musical, actually, of Mean Girls or what. But I just think it's still too early to redo Mean Girls. Mean Girls came out only 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and it's an amazing movie. Yeah. Like, why are we just doing it to cash grab? Oh. That's the thing. That's the thing. Or, for example, when they release... It's the same audience that watched it originally. Right? I mean, when they released a couple a couple of years ago, the... Did you ever watch Matilda? Like, the original one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, that was... They did the, music, they did the Matilda musical, didn't they, just recently? Yeah, they did that. And I watched it because I was like, okay, let's see. And I ended up being like... Wasn't it? No, not my, not. I mean, perhaps the people like it. That's fine, you know. But mm-hmm. at least to me, I was like, you know what? No, no, yeah. that's not to me. And I ended up switching to something else. But uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do hope. I mean, I really can want the movie coming out. Right. I mean, that like... that's like the thing that I'm saying here. I mean, I'm I'm getting a little bit sick to it that uh that these corporations instead of focusing on re on quality as we were mentioning, like real good quality, real old school epic quality you know that you know that 
that if they focus on that, they will really be creating a, a like a solid fan base to it. But instead of that, they just prefer to get quick a quick buck to it and release everything they got like super quick. And yeah, they yeah they ended up making millions, sure. But you know what's the point of it? So we need new IP. That's what we need. Yeah, new new intellectual property that's out there that that people will, will invest in or take take the risk. You know, sure. these are multi-million dollar companies. What's the harm in funding a $10 million movie? And at the and at the end of the day, okay, maybe you lose. If it doesn't perform well, maybe you lose 10 million. But most likely, if it's a really good script that you want to take the risk on, I think you could make a new fan base. And then guess what? Then you can get to sell your merchandise. Like back in the day, they used to like, have merch for stuff and now they're, it's just the same things mm-hmm. star wars and marvel and just yeah something new, please yeah yeah and they're charging you more and more you know like every year they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep rising our prices and it's and now the fee is gonna be even right. more and more yeah it's crazy yeah Let's see we'll see i mean at the end what can i say you know it's always epic and badass to have you back here i mean what an epic chat we have i also want to thank those who have stayed here thank you so much if you're new to the channel as i said at the beginning don't forget to leave a like subscribe follow but most important go follow jamie like right now i mean this episode is about to be over so go follow her share some love because i mean we we know why she's a total badass legendary superstar incredible and um jamie again thank you so much for making this happen keep killing it out there keep rocking keep shining and um i'll see you in the next one Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much for listening.